Researchers in Japan think that artificial intelligence analysis of chest scans could help determine your real age. When AI estimated a patient was older than they were, it often meant that a patient had a chronic disease. This is Pulse Check. I'm Ben Leonard. A KFF survey released Tuesday found that most Americans have encountered specific health misinformation, including on COVID-19 vaccines. A relatively small portion of those polled believed the claims, but a substantial majority of the people weren't sure whether the claims were true. Susan B. Anthony Pro-Life America, the most well-heeled anti-abortion group in the country, has jumped into the fray over reauthorizing the 20-year-old President's Emergency Plan for AIDS Relief as abortion politics on Capitol Hill imperil the program's future. It marks the first time the group has lobbied on the bill, which has to be reauthorized every five years. The group's move signals the intensifying pressure on Congress from conservative advocates to pass legislation that would ban PEPFAR funding from going to organizations that support abortion rights. And after 20 years of no locally transmitted malaria cases in the U.S., a mysterious cluster of cases has emerged in Florida and Texas, puzzling health experts who are unsure why the disease has suddenly reappeared. Politico fellow Mia McCarthy joins me to explain. Hey, Ben. Thanks for having me. So what's been going on with malaria in Florida? I know in the U.S. it's generally tied to international travel, but this seems to be a little bit different. Do we know how it got started? So the thing that makes this one pretty weird, at least talking to experts, is that this is locally transmitted. So the U.S. sees about like 2000 cases of malaria, but normally those cases can be tied to international travel. You know, these people who test positive for malaria are people who have traveled outside of the country to areas where malaria is more present. These cases, so there are seven in Florida right now, an eighth case in Texas, and a case actually that developed over the weekend in Maryland. But the seven cases in Florida, none of them have been tied back to international travel, which leads the experts to believe that what's happening here is there are mosquitoes that are biting people who have malaria in the United States, and then those mosquitoes are biting other people who haven't traveled. And that's how they're picking up malaria. What makes this weird is that it hasn't happened in about 20 years. The last time this happened, which was in Florida, was in 2003, where there were also eight cases. On the patient's end, do we know what's their condition? I talked to some people from the CDC, and overall, this specific type of malaria, they said, is not the most severe, which is a good sign. But at the same time, the U.S. hasn't seen a lot of malaria recently. So because of that, people don't have as much immunity as they would in places that you see a lot more malaria. So more as a precaution, these doctors told me that they are hospitalizing many of the cases. I believe they were seven out of the eight cases were hospitalized because it is still a serious sickness that you can get from malaria, but it's not as severe as other cases have been. And again, it was more kind of as a precaution to make sure that because people don't have as much immunity, that everything was okay. I don't know what the status of those patients are now, but that was the last I had heard from the CDC. What are public health officials saying about how seriously we should be taking this? And how are public health officials, you know, federally and in the states responding to this? Yeah, absolutely. So the Department of Health in Florida, they've really been sending out a lot of public service announcements, making sure a lot of it is just kind of getting the community involved and having them be proactive in preventing the spread of a lot of this. That can include stuff like just dumping out any water that's sitting in people's backyards, whether that's in pools or buckets or whatever, making sure that that's not sitting for more than a few days. The state is also spraying a lot of areas to make sure that just to try to kill those mosquito populations as much as possible and also advising people, you know, when you are going outside, wearing bug spray and, you know, wearing long sleeves. 
So that's kind of what they've been doing. They don't think this is going to be a national outbreak talking to people from the CDC. They really don't envision this. I mean, compared to a lot of other diseases and compared to like COVID, for example, these numbers are super low. It's more just we haven't seen them in a while. So that's more what they're looking at. But they don't think it's going to be a big national outbreak. I know your story mentioned climate change. Could climate change be playing a role here? Yeah. So talking to some of these biologists and doctors as well, they said climate change definitely could be a factor into this, but it's definitely not a direct correlation. Just because there are rising temperatures doesn't mean that there's necessarily going to be more malaria. But things like the increased humidity could increase the lifespan of mosquitoes, which could indirectly cause more malaria just because you have larger populations, etc. One of the big things they're seeing in Florida specifically, they talked about how Florida's wet season has been getting longer due to climate change. And that's something that could be affecting having more cases of malaria. That being said, one biologist I talked to specifically mentioned that these cases came up during the regularly scheduled wet season, you know, in July and June, in more of the spring and summer times. So because of that, they don't think this is directly related to climate change, but it doesn't mean that it can't affect, again, these lifespans of mosquitoes, which could affect the cases. Well, thanks so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. And we'll definitely be keeping tabs on this issue going forward. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much, Ben. And that's our show. Our music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Afra Abdullah is our producer. Annie Reese is our senior producer. Our healthcare team editors are Eli Reyes, Dan Goldberg, Barbara Van Tine, Beth Belton, and Sean Zeller. I'm Ben Leonard. Subscribe and follow Pulse Check for a new episode every day. And subscribe to our newsletters where you can read this reporting. That's Pulse, Future Pulse, and Prescription Pulse. Thanks for listening.